Yes, hello everybody, and welcome as I kill that, uh... As we kill the music, hello everybody, and welcome to another edition of Full Course Yellow. We, uh, we took a break last week, but we're back again. We took a break because we were all busy one way or another with the Grand Prix and other things. But we're going to be talking about that uh, this weekend, our impressions of the uh, Australian Formula One Grand Prix at Albert Park, the return of Formula One to Grand Prix City, Melbourne. We, we weren't all there, but uh, Pete was there, and Pete will give us a first-hand impression of what he thought. It, uh, it seemed from the outside, looking at, you know, from where I was sitting at home, it seemed to go very, very well. But joining us this week on the... Uh on the program to get to get everybody together, we've got uh, we've got Chris Ritchie, we've got uh, Do- Craig uh, Doc Ladigo, and also as I said, we've got Peter Johnson as well. G'day guys, how are we? Pretty good. So uh, so good to see you. Let's open up the uh, open up the messages and have a look at uh, there. Say Russell Russell Clark. G'day Russell, how are you? Um, also uh, Dave Howard. Yes, I hope I hope we've recovered from the Grand Prix. Well, I th- I think Pete was the only one who had to recover. From the Grand Prix, although from what you from the message you you sent to me, I think it was a, it was quite the recovery, Pete. It was yes, yeah. And uh, once again, uh, virtual R. Good day, Roy. How are you? Uh, Roy, of course, from Online Invent, our sponsor on In Pit Lane on Channel Thirty One, and we appreciate that. Who I think was also at well, I know was also at the Grand Prix, and uh, we'll be talking about uh, some of his uh, some of his uh, impressions as well. So uh, yeah, we've got so somebody. Like op- somebody's got an open, uh, an open speaker on there somewhere by the side. Oh yeah, no, my uh, earplugs are flying up. Okay, there, you, there you go. Okay, so we've we have sorted we have sorted that out. Okay, well, let's Pete. Let's start with you. You were the man who was on the on the ground for all four days. First of all, uh, the results of uh, in terms of you know how the event was. It's funny. Autosport uh, have published uh, an article this week saying basically that yeah, the the return of the Grand Prix to to Melbourne and Albert Park that this was the this was the tonic Formula One needed. This was the this was the, the 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 first meeting, as I said, pretty much the first meeting since the whole crisis began, and you know, appropriately enough, with the or ironically enough, with the Australian Grand Prix. This was the, they said this was the first Grand Prix that they felt really felt like a Grand Prix. From from your point of view, being there for the four days, um, what were your overall impressions? It definitely felt like a Grand Prix. What was scary is. Um, Ferrari, the pace of the Ferrari, that's the furthest in front that they've been um, since since the beginning of the um, season. Um, and, the, and in 2020, the S5000s got a run, um, and they weren't they didn't have mufflers, but they did this time. So that was interesting. Um, but it, it felt like a Grand Prix, and it was there was a very Good atmosphere, and um, so what was it? What was? Did you notice any difference? I mean, like you know, Dave was talking about. Dave still was talking about in the lead up to the event. I mean, the the, the change that they'd made to the circuit. I mean, from where you were sitting, I mean, you're, you're basically in the, pretty much the same similar position every year. But I mean, now, did you notice a lot of changes to uh, not just the track itself, but also you know around the track and getting in and getting out and the the atmosphere around the joint? I think um, they. They had fewer um, food and bar facilities, like they had the precincts, and I was in the Great Ocean Road precinct, but I really, frankly, couldn't see any resemblance to the Great Ocean Road at all. So, uh, But I think what, they were caught on the hop because um, restrictions were eased after they installed those precincts and they said you could move around freely, but it was too late to sort of add anything more. Oh, I think, uh, you're, I think you might be off the track. They had the surf and turf burger at one of the uh, stands, didn't they? There, that that counts as uh, being part of the ocean road, doesn't it? If you get, if you just name a burger after the area, that's 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 sometimes all they do. So it could have been the surf and turf burger. Well, that was one of the things they did this year. They really tried to tie it in with um with, with the regions. I mean, I saw the you know, on on the map they had the the Great Ocean Road area. They had a Mornington Peninsula area. Of, you know, so they 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 really tried to sort of tie it in with tourism in general in Victoria. As um as Paul Vanderacker is saying, is, is there he was uh. He was uh, marshalling flag at uh, at turn five on Thursday, and yeah, that was that was interesting. They made some changes to the uh, I think to the techno barrier after Thursday because there were a few people went in 
pretty hard. But overall, I think the uh, it it would appear that the the modifications that they made it. Let's face it, it didn't give us a it didn't give us an absolute killer race. I mean, it wasn't you know as if there was the, the race itself was full of passing or anything. But it seemed to be from you know the feedback from you know not just the Formula One guys but also the uh, also all the support categories as well, including the supercars. Everybody seemed to be pretty happy with uh, with what they uh, with what they saw there. So and, and certainly the lap times were were, were much quicker. Strategically, and, I think it was more challenging for the teams. Dick. So they had to uh, maybe uh, work. It. They always got their plan A and plan B, but they had to work out a little bit more of a strategy as options because of obviously it was an unknown entity at the track. I mean, the lap times were going to be less because of the, obviously the, the layout of the track had changed and also the surface had been relayed. It's the first time since 1990-odd that the, um, you know, they've spent the, the big bucks on the tar. So, as, you know, there was a few uh, variables there for them to, to encounter, and I think that probably made it... Uh, like if you're if if you're even a, a Formula One follower in a small capacity, you were in, it was you're anticipating what what if what if what if, and the other thing was obviously too some of the um, t- teams didn't nail their pit stops under three seconds to start off with it. It was um, they had to get in well into the race before they were all actually getting on, and you know so it was, yeah, it was different um, what ifs all the way through to, to anticipate. Yeah, I think the interesting. Pete, go ahead. There were overtaking manoeuvres in the midfield. There were quite a few. So, yeah, I think with the modification of the track, as Paul is saying, that the 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 tech pro barrier softened the blow. But the thing is, it needed to be rebuilt rebuilt every time. And I think that that's part of the problem with those with those sort of barriers is that you know they do a fabulous job, but uh, it it really does. If cars go in hard and they damage that barrier, then the barrier. There is a time factor involved in having to rebuild that uh, that particular area of the track. So uh, they made a few. I think they moved the Tech Pro barrier itself back a little bit, or forward, or something. Paul would, would know. So, um, but they what did move your, that. What was your impression, Richie, on the um, on the uh, silver screen in your lounge room? What do you think? I wasn't watching it. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you didn't see it at all. I did not see one bit of it. Oh, okay, there you go. So, uh, so, so, what was what was taking up your weekend? Was uh, a few other things. Okay, a trip to Peter Mac. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, oh, right. fair enough. Then. Well, I should have had it. Should have had it on. Should have had it on there for a start. I mean, you know. <laughs> I should have overruled the remote control in the waiting room if you're in one or something like that. But I think the other, they probably got it right with the support categories too. So that was great. I mean, it, it was controversial to start off with when they announced it a while ago that they were going to um, put S5000s and you know, they could overshadow them and this and that otherwise. But, you know, you know, if, if you get a record crowd of 419,100 and odd people going along over the four days, if they broke the broke the all-time record, it was pretty much what, you know, you've got it right. <laughs> you can't, you've got a record crowd for whatever reason. Pete, did it, seem that, it. Uh, did it seem that crowded to you? Um, it did it at the bars and, and, and the food outlets. You had to queue more than I've noticed in the past for food and drinks and whatever. But you could move freely, fairly freely around the precinct. It certainly looked good on television, and I must say, sort of, you know, from watching it on television, and I watched it free to air, um, you know, on ten. I've got a, you know, free to air television gets a, gets an awful lot of, you know, gets, a, gets an awful lot of, you know, criticism over the, the the way they cover these things, and Channel Ten, particularly over the past few years that it was covering it, um, got used to get, you know, got a lot of uh, got a lot of bad press, and justifiably so. I think this year was their best coverage. Their best coverage ever. They had a lot of new people on. Um, they did a good. They, they, I think they got the balance right between the fluffy celebrity cross promotion stuff and the fashions on the field and all that nonsense. But when they were talking the racing, they they were talking the racing. There was good commentary in the. They uh, had really good two experts too. One one obviously that's a uh, an Aussie that helps and uh, people can relate to him. 
but also uh, TC has been doing part of the Channel 10 or, uh, coverage and obviously worldwide uh, accreditation for years and years and years, and he's a familiar face on Formula One. I mean, he, he's always been an all-rounder at TC, and he's, he's absolutely fantastic as well too. I, I think it was good. My only criticism of the of the commentary is all that. I got the I think you know, Crailsy did a did a great job. He's very he's very professional. It wasn't someone you know. People were saying, oh, you know, great job for his first Grand Prix. It wasn't technically his first call of a Grand Prix. His as as far as I know, probably his first call of a Grand Prix actually took place right here in this particular room when he called the Macau Grand Prix for in pit lane many many years ago. So um. So we'll we'll claim that we'll claim we'll claim he's uh, if he goes on to fame and fortune as a Grand Prix uh, commentator, yeah. we'll we'll claim we'll claim it. He didn't interrupt well, his social media platform and put that in and just throw that one under the bus and see if he uh, see if he responded to it. You could have thrown that one in if you wanted to, but uh, yeah. So, but I, the other thing is too with um, uh, M- MW on with him as well, and he was doing the expert commentary. There was there was three of them on, but mainly dominated by the two of them because Chad was down doing the um, Chad was down doing the pits and didn't have to give him much because there wasn't much much action other than just the um, the what do you call it, the retirement through some mechanical problems from a couple of cars or a, a light mistake at the start, but. MW, when he was on, he was very lighthearted the way he explained things and didn't complicate it, did it in pretty much straightforward terms, did it very concise and very sharp and quick. And, and some of his wording was actually good. He was just, and he was, you know, he'd throw the odd joke in before because obviously he's been there, done that, and extremely relaxed about it. My only my only complaint about there. This was my only complaint about the, the the about the whole coverage of the weekend and uh, and and we we love Mark. Mark's a, a, been a, been a great great friend of the show over the years and a terrific uh, he's a terrific bloke. And um, Mark, if you're watching, mate, uh, we really enjoyed the commentary, mate. But uh, mate, if you say mate too much, it really. If you were playing the Mark Webber drinking game to drink have a drink every time Mark Webber said mate, you'd have been absolutely comatose by about lap seven. Well, <laughs> it's his go- he, he, he is a mate, and it's his, probably his go-to word like the rest of us, I suppose, if you're overseas. You're going yeah. to make sure you sound like you feel like you're at home, and he's probably just enjoy. He probably because as we all know, he, oh, he, uses, he, he does use it a lot in real... He wasn't putting it on or anything. He does, no. he does, he does talk he's like that in, real, yeah, in yeah. real life, but I what, mean, that's... What? Well, it, it got very uh, for me. It got very annoying with you. Know, well, mate, 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 mate. Well, I'll tell you what, mate. It's there's there's really good lap there, mate. My uh, my my, my clear there, mate. And uh, it's a good. Yeah, so, well, look yeah. here, mate. One of the funniest things he said at the end of it, and uh, I think it might have been toward. I can't remember what stage. Anyway, someone must have said to him about oh. Why don't you jump in the car? It must, he was talking to uh, talking about a an occasion over the weekend earlier that where he was um, catching up with one of the drivers, and we all know he's got a great relationship with um, Alonso and a couple other the fellas. And they they must he said joke joke he said jokingly they jokingly said to him, oh well you know how to drive these things why don't you jump in yourself and and do it like you're welcome hop in the car yourself and he goes no 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 no. I'm ten kilos heavier than what I used to be when I used to drive these things. And you took a took a look at him when he was doing it at the, at the uh, on on course interviews after the race is finished, or any sort of footage of all the weekends previous to it. So you're only going on memory, thinking, Jesus, he's got ten kilos on. You can't see bloody one centimeter of where where where's he put it all. So you uh, might have been exaggerating a little bit thing, but I th- yeah, his commentary was very lighthearted. He, you know, there was. There was no lulls or there was no, you know, uh, highs and lows in the in the race to a certain extent. But he he was very casual and very jokingly like in his commentary, saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, oh there's a bit of open room there. Oh that, that was a little bit of a uh, uh, a bit of extra um, mayo on top of that one and stuff like that." And you know, it wasn't that real straightforward, down the line, boring technical commentary where it has to be pitch perfect that can put put you into even more of a coma, Brett. So then that he actually was very uh, jovial and funny about it and lighthearted. Um, yeah, Pete. Sorry, just replying to uh, Russell Clark. Not only with the um, supercars later than the Formula Ones, but so with the S five thousands, even with bufflers. 
but also I, I read somewhere, I can't remember who said it in the, in the comments down the bottom, I read somewhere earlier in the year that the, um, the FIA weren't going to be using jets in the pre-race anymore because they want to improve their carbon footprint. So yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I heard, I heard that. that. That's why I was surprised because you know people said, yeah, like you know the the roulettes had turned up, and I thought that you know I thought well, I thought that they'd pretty much sort of you know got rid of all the the aircraft, all of the the military stuff out of it completely as well, because there was an element of that about you know political correctness about it. It, it may it has to be said that yeah the uh, the FA eighteen and and similar things that have been there in the past yeah when we had some of the um, I think they were the FA sixteens from America because they, they were here for the for the Avalon Air Show um, yeah they are just um, they were amazing and I like the the the, the days of the uh, the F one eleven flyover and fuel dump at the uh, at the IndyCar Grand Prix. In uh, at Surface Paradise was just yeah used to be that was a highlight what a what a what amazing there's been many a time when the when the uh, a flight commander or, or anyone has decided that they're up in Darwin oh gee, uh, would you like to fly the FA eighteen Hornet down to Victoria it only take you fifteen minutes half an hour to fly down there and just do a few flybys <laughs> they have jumped at the chance even from Darwin to fly down for a bit of fun because you know they just shoot down there at above above everything else in, in commercial airline space and so to come over drop a drop a bit of fuel as well too spread their wings a little bit and and then have a have a cruise back up the darwin in five minutes so the fa18s have always been exciting excitement plus as well too yeah yeah, that's uh, as yeah, as Paul said. That's what I thought. That, yeah, it was all military displays, oh, except for display teams like the red arrow. So the red um. The red, the red arrows uh, will will do stuff, and I imagine in America you've got you know the um the the mob that uh, I forget the name of them now, but they're very famous. The blue cue, angels, cue the I think national, it is. Cue, cue, the, cue the American national anthem, please. Oh, sorry, yeah, no, no, more, every time I every time I think of them, all I can think of is Van Halen and uh, dreams. Oh, dreams! So, uh, yeah, that's what they. Not jump. That's the. <laughs> G'day, uh, Mad Cow Mark is joining us as well. G'day, Mark. How are you? Um, yeah, Andrew Andrew Collins pointing out disappointing no V10 mm. two seater. The uh, the alarm clock as they as they called it the V10 alarm clock of a morning, but uh, that really does show. Uh, speaking of the V10, no one uh, gave Paul. No one gave Paul a call and said, "Can we get a get?" It comes the end of its life. Yeah, it's 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 just pretty much. Uh, but uh, where all the V10s were, if you wanted to see and hear V10s, uh, have a look at the the live stream, and it's still up on YouTube. Have a look at the live stream from the Goodwood members meeting last week, where they had about fourteen or fifteen V10 Formula One cars. Um, they weren't going all that fast to be ad- admittedly, but they still sounded so much better. Hey, than go the back up a Formula step. You guys said coming to the end of its life. Has it got an expiry date? What's it? Is it someone put used? Or something like that. What's why? Well, can't, uh, can't this can't is one of, well, this is one of the problems they've got with carbon fibre chassis. This is, yeah. yeah, they've got to be they they don't know how long they can't sort of crack test them in the traditional ma- method that they mm. used to with you know with with aluminium monocoques and things like that. So they've got to do a lot of replacements and uh, basically rebuild it. And I think it was just a money thing and Paul, you know in Paul terms of, no, of getting it. Paul's just got on display and said, "Now has he?" Yeah, I don't know. I don't know in, in terms of like where they made the money from or who owned that, but I know I that know. they they, Paul, they Paul did say in himself, advance. Paul, Paul, a lot of himself, composite yeah. materials go soft before they Paul's, crack. Yeah, before they exactly. Crack, yeah. Yeah. So I think Paul Stoddard still owns it. I think from recollection, but anyway, so. he still owns it, but it's. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. But I'm sure. I mean, you don't have to go screaming around at 200 km an hour. You, you could just give it a, a bit of a, a, a flick around at 60 to 60 to 100, and not necessarily put any pressure on it. That's all I'm thinking. It's just. But great, anyway, great let's. Um, yeah. But anyway, let's go on to get onto the race itself. Um, a, a pretty pretty much a dominant performance by Charles Leclerc in the uh, in the Ferrari. As as you said, Pete. I mean, it was. Uh, there was it looked for a while that Max Verstappen, you know, might give him some sort of a challenge over the course of the road. But yet again, this has got to be so worrying for 
for Max and for Red Bull for you know for the second race uh, this season in the short season already a, a mechanical problem you know, left him at the side of the track in a DNF so he's fallen back in the uh, in the pack and because of that just by sheer you know consistency and reliability the car that everyone's you know saying you know is is just not competitive this year and uh, out of the loop is lying second in the championship at the moment but it's not it's not uh, it's not lewis it's uh, it's george russell george is ahead of george is ahead of lewis at the moment but uh, i mean can we just hand the should we just hand the championship to 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 leclerc now i think it's a bit soon to be doing that but interestingly enough when I was there, normally in previous years, we've got the build-up in the pits, you know, when they do the warm-up coming around to the grid and all that. We get all that coverage on the big screens and and the commentators, but we've got some disc jockeys. So unbeknownst to us in the stands, they're actually putting Max Verstappen's car back together again frantically after discovering a fluid leak. So I think it might have stem from that yeah i saw them working on i mean we saw that on the um we did see that on the channel 10 and on the on the world feed coverage that they were doing something but they didn't know exactly but they were obviously concerned about something before the race so whether but um i i that was one thing that did get a lot of criticism the djs you know doing the yeah did get a lot of criticism from a lot of uh from a lot of people in the lead up to the to the race but uh yeah, so that well, was that, but that was that was good. But yeah, certainly Ferrari, you know, doing doing very well. Um, Sainz didn't have the he didn't have a particularly good weekend as well. But uh, certainly just George want to Russell comment had on a that one. On that, Sainz has had an, a not a very good start to the season. Is probably the easiest way to explain it. But you've got to look at Sainz last year and look. He he had he was he said he wasn't well I think on Friday or Saturday or after whatever it was and just needed a you know he didn't do a bad interview with um with Formula One uh, but he was um tired or something like that had an upset stomach or something like that so he just needed a good night's sleep that was, that was the Friday going into the Saturday Saints was so because um, I actually watched the interview with Carlos but the, what goes back to the comment that I noticed what someone made. In the, in the day or two afterwards, was everyone's forgotten, and this obviously relates to where Charles ended up with his first three races. Carlos Saints did finished every single Grand Prix last year. He did not have any reliability problems whatsoever. Generally speaking, he he did not have a DNF last year. So oh, he's I mean, very he's, sympathetic on his car, and particularly his tires as well. I mean, he's yeah, a very so he's a he's very had, very reliable driver, and he will. Be, and if 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 it turns out that it's going to be that typical Ferrari thing where we have a very definite number one and a very definite number two, he's going to be in that sort of Rubens Barrichello tradition of being a very very good number two. And it'll, and it'll just as it just obviously seals. One thing you can say is you might as well hand the constructors' championship to him at the start right now, and maybe not necessarily the drivers' championship by the end of the year. But constructors, once once uh, like it, uh, Carlos reliably out there week after week again, uh, yeah, it's going to look good for him. So uh, yeah, you've got to think the Red Bulls are going to be probably uh, maybe relinquishing any development at the moment just to make sure that car week in, week out is going to be out there to put give Max the chance to be able to go head-to-head with uh, Charles because, you know, he's, he's got his tail up in the air at the moment and he's going to be just full of self-confidence. And he's got he's openly said that um, he, he he's not saying that, um, oh, I've got the championship, the trophy in my sights at the end of the year yet but I have got confidence in the car week after week that I can push myself and the vehicle to the nth degree. I think he's, I think I think they're all going to be very very glad to get back uh, to get back to Europe for the uh, for the next round at, at Imola and I can just imagine the the crowd that are going to be there I mean the Tafosi it's just going to be if we thought that it was if we thought it was crazy and there was a big crowd at uh, Big crowd at Albert Park. I think the crowd that's going to turn up to at Imola when you've got you know a Ferrari and a Ferrari driver leading the world championship. Um, just that's yeah. a good segue. That's a good segue, Brad. Who um just out of curiosity, who who runs the circuit over there, Imola? Anyone we might have heard of in the last day or two? No, no. 
You don't no, know. You guys don't know who's who's president over there of Imola. Who does? Who runs the show? By any chance, you guys? No, 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 no idea. Gian Minardi runs the show over there. It's his circuit. That's why he's in the news the last twenty four hours. Oh, so, okay. Yes, that's what, that's what I thought you were leading up to there, Brett. He runs the show over there. I, I've seen a detailed interview of him, of him today. Though, that's all. So, uh, very controversial. Go, Pete. And, and again. Um, unbeknownst to us in the stands, they had to swap um, Carlos Sainz's steering wheel. Um, and the reason he went off in the Grand Prix in the race was because he had issues with the steering wheel. So, yeah, he said he said he had problems with that all the way through. And as has been pointed out by Roy, I mean, it's, you know, everybody who everybody who started on that hard tire, that hard tire just really never came through. I mean, it was it was quite warm. That we were so lucky with the weather, we really were. When you have a, when you consider what it could have been, I mean, when I when we did the interview with uh, with David Croft and Crofty said, yeah, what what's the weather going to be like? As I said, it could have been. You know, what it turned out to be, which was pretty good weather, you know, nice, you know, a, a few clouds, but mostly sunny day, um, you know, in the low 20s, it was a, it was a lovely, it was a lovely day to, to, to go motor racing, but it could have been sort of, you know, a, a southerly buster coming up from Antarctica and 12 degrees and drizzling for four days, it would have been absolutely miserable, so we were very, we were very, very lucky there. Well, the only comment I heard about the weather-related and cars-related was, I think, Webzy said, uh, Mark said, the uh, the when they were going out in free practice one, free practice two, and they're qualifying, etc., Q1, two, three, that sort of stuff, that uh, they'd be taking note of where the if there was a, a few knots going through and what direction it was, and also in the um, uh, in the Lovely, a great, great debut of the Carrera Cups at the new, uh, new Porsches out there as well, though too. It was yeah, they looked, they looked good, didn't they? They, they yeah. the racing was good. They looked good. They sounded good. Um, unfortunately for uh, for our guest this week on the show, Nick McBride, things didn't go. Uh, Anything. Things didn't go according to plan. I mean, it wasn't the best of uh, wasn't the best of weekends for for Nick. But uh, Aaron Love uh, did a fabulous job, and Aaron is now heading over. And I think this I think it's even this weekend. Night. He's he going to be, yeah he's he's going to be this weekend. I think it's uh, the opening round of the Carrera Cup France. I know Formula Four is running this weekend, which means that our, our mate Hugh Barter should be in action. So uh, good luck to Hugh once again. But, uh, yeah, I think that it's, uh, Aaron will be Aaron will be doing the French, uh, the French Carrera Cup Championship, which is, uh, which is good. So he just, yeah, so he just shot out. Uh, he was, he looked like he was going to sort of wrap up the, wrap up the weekend and get the four straight. But uh, in the end. He decided end, uh, to build sandcastles at the end. Yeah, well, he had he had, a, he had a coming together sort of you know with um with Luke Yulden and uh, so a couple of experienced drivers there, but uh, he ended up in the ended up in the gravel and unfortunately that was his uh, that was his last his chance of a clean sweep. But uh, it was a Thanks, good thing. Henry Henry Jones uh, took his first win in the Carrera Cup and Max Vidoa won the ended up winning the weekend overall. So. It was uh, it was good racing. Those cars look really good. They sound good. It was a big was a big field. Plenty of plenty of action. Um, so yeah, we look forward to seeing that for the rest of the. Uh... And those couple of comments we've just saw. I was about to say yeah. Um, Roy just mentioned uh, he struggled struggled on the first few laps with grip and uh, the chicane and low grip. He actually made a comment just before Dave Howard and Dave Howard was relating to what uh, Pete just said. For anyone who's listening to one of our podcasts right now. Saints uh, used three steering wheels over the weekend, so he obviously had some electrical gremlins. And you know, a lot of a lot of the um, drivers struggled not just with their with the new cars and the technology that they've had to use. They also struggled uh, in the first couple of free practices. And uh, turn three, uh, bit a bit hard. Turn eleven was a bit um, uh, hard to negotiate at times as well too. They um, it struggled a bit. Doesn't matter how much simulator work before you fly over here. You've, you've got to still get in the car and put the thing around the track, especially with the new design of the cars. Yeah, well, it was. Uh, it, it, it was a good weekend. But McLaren were the that were they were interesting. I thought the fact that uh, it was probably a much better a much better performance than they were expecting. I mean, they weren't up at the. They certainly weren't up at the front, and they weren't even sort of you know up to. 
up, they certainly weren't up to speed, even perhaps with Mercedes. But they they got a little bit closer, and they finished. Uh, they finished sort of you know just outside of the outside of the yeah. top four. So uh, well done to uh, Daniel Ricciardo. Probably could have you know if 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 he had of. If he had been an absolute mongrel about it, he probably could have, you know, taken that uh, position off of uh, off of his teammate because Lando was apparently struggling with a with a few problems. But uh, the team asked him to sort of hang off the hang off the back of him, and they said, "We want to get this car home, so please don't put pressure on Lando." And if you get listen to if you listen to the if you listen to the the radio with Daniel, Daniel is yeah, like, "Yeah, fair enough. It's just you know." Um, yeah, I'll do the so he he did the right thing and he just uh, they both did to a certain extent. Yeah, yep. so yeah, so they got so they got the cars home and uh, so they'll be they'll be very happy that it, uh, that it went better for them. But the the team that had probably the worst weekend was Al was um Aston Martin. Poor Sebastian Vettel. I mean, he's had such a terrible start to the the year. He'd only had like a, basically a handful of laps in these new cars. He's missed the first couple of rounds. He's come over here. He's had nothing but trouble. And it wasn't just it wasn't just the Formula One car that had a problem because there's been massive criticism about the Aston Martin safety car because of the fact that it just wasn't going fast enough and uh, people were complaining from back in the pack saying, look, they, you know, they've got to drive, you know, my land has got to drive that car faster. And as it was Max Verstappen who said, now, nah, listen, I'm behind that car. I, I'm seeing if, if I was driving that car, it wouldn't be going any faster with the way that's handling. Not particularly, not probably a good, uh, not probably a good advertisement for the uh, for for that particular Aston Martin as a just, safety um, car. Just looking it up, looking up the detailed information on it now, uh, and uh, oh, sorry. And to quote, uh, of the first thing that's popped up is uh, Verstappen called it a turtle. There you go. Yes, yes, yes. Um, speed. And I'll just I'll just find out the details of the car to find where and which one it was. It doesn't. It was the uh, the four liter twin turbo V eight Vantage. Uh, but it's, which is a lovely looking car, and it, and it makes it and a very good GT three car. So I'm surprised that it was, uh, if it when was that were, slow. When they were doing practice runs with the safety cars and the medical cars, I did actually hear a screech of brakes, which I don't normally hear when when they're. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what basically I was on my land was. He said I couldn't push it any faster. He said, and and be and 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 be sure that I wasn't going to spin. So he couldn't push it much faster. So it was obviously not handling all that, uh, all that quote, well. But quote, quote for quote of uh, of uh, Max, there is so little grip, and also the safety car was driving so slow. It was like a turtle. Unbelievable. He fumed, and he wrote, and he followed it up with, to drive 140 kilometers an hour on the back straight. There was not a damaged car, so I don't understand why we have to drive so slowly. We have to investigate. Well, lots of lots of investigations. Because the previous and any quoted for sure, the Mercedes safety car is faster because of the extra aero. Because this Esther Martin is really slow, it definitely needs more grip because our tyres were stone cold. So obviously they had the they had. Well, the, that's um, the problem. I mean, yeah, like it's, it's, it's it, yeah. I mean, that's the problem. They've got to keep them going at a at a speed where they can keep those tires uh, up and hot. So, yep. So, yeah, it's like you know, as Roy was saying, they should be doing some upgrade. I'm sure they will. I'm sure that now once they've got it back to Europe, um, and, and, he, and he did sympathise with um, with the car uh, the drivers. To be honest, I wanted to complain, but then I checked how much the safety car was sliding in the corner. I don't think there was anything more that he could give, could give. So I didn't want to put too much pressure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um... yeah, there you go. Uh, and then, and then, of course, George has chimed in. Good on you, yes. George. George has George has just been throwing a little smoky in, which is probably completely unwarranted, but. He just had to, you know, just throw a hammer at the, the at the whole conversation. Uh, honest, uh, uh, whereas it says, for sh- sh- oh, well, oh, sorry, there was a bit more that said third place driver George Russell quipped, "We don't have an issue with the a- a- Mercedes AMG safety car." Good on you, George. <laughs> well, as people say, I mean, you know, that's got a bit more air. I wanted it's more of a. It's more of a racing car, so I think that probably, yeah, I think that they, the I'm Merc sure that they will take Merc. it back and uh, they'll, they'll do it's, some. It's uh, been, it's been uh, 
uh, critically judged as the Merc would have been about five seconds quicker, which would have got some more heat into their tyres by the look of it. Yeah. So. yeah. But anyway, anyway that's funny. yep. There you go. Anyway, you um, you just mentioned about um, Sebastian Vettel. So we had two segues. We had the own, uh, the uh, owner or uh, the, the guy that runs over the Imola uh, next race, where the F one's going to be, and also um, Seb's come up come up for a bit, fair bit of worldwide criticism today. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Sure, as that he's he's had a, he's had a bad run. I mean, he couldn't he couldn't be blamed for any of the mechanical problems that the that the car had. I mean, he and he made a. It's obviously. I mean, you know, new track, new car. He hasn't had he hasn't had many laps. Well, I think the thing is obviously an absolute dog of a of a car. It's that that's a that's a team that's gone really badly backwards. Uh, by the look of it, so uh, especially on at Albert Park, just didn't like the Albert Park circuit at all. So, yeah, so that's unfortunate. Unfortunate. I mean, yeah, Sebastian Sebastian Vettel is still a really good driver, and uh, that you know all this nonsense about retire. They're very quick to try and recover. You know, to try and retire any driver who's sort of you know over twenty five who has a sort of you know who has one one or two bad rides. I mean, that's uh, you know they're very quick to say retire, retire, but. yeah, Giancarlo Minardi's call for Sebastian Vettel's retirement. It's been uh, taken out of a... Uh, and I do encourage people not to just to look at the headlines in the uh, mainstream media to look at the whole article or look at the whole podcast that uh, Giancarlo mentioned because he does have a fair bit of credibility in the industry. He runs racetracks. He, you know, has... Has raced Formula One himself, and and has been a team owner. In fact, he owned the Minardi team before Paul Stoddard owned it, which gave Mark Webber his break many many moons ago. But he he has been around. He is well respected within the Formula One industry, and he has he has said that. And I don't think the way the way he was phrased, he was trying to be controversial, because um, he was asked his opinion on a lot of. A lot of drivers and a lot of a lot about the sport and a lot about tracks and and it was, it was a fairly lengthy interview, so and you know I'm sure he does he doesn't want to be um you know he's just giving his opinion on where where things are at and he does he doesn't pull any punches but he at least he's not uh, dancing around questions and being boring or sitting on the fence he's actually asked questions and he's giving his his own opinion on it so. Um, you know, I think that's that's good. You know, credible credible to the guy. Well, as we move off of uh, as we move off of uh, Albert Park, it, it was a very successful. It was very successful, and uh, who knows? Perhaps this is uh, perhaps this is. I mean, it's obviously a rumor at the moment. But as Andrew is saying, uh, the rumor is that the Victorian government have have signed an extension to keep the Grand Prix in Melbourne beyond twenty twenty five. Um, yeah, waiting for the right time to announce it, perhaps. And obviously, I mean, we've got an election coming up in Victoria as well as the the federal election, so they might be sort of putting that. That might be in the might be in the kit bag to sort of you know be be trotted out in the run up to the to the next state election. Now, that'd be fantastic because uh, it'll be interesting to see next year because there was a lot of criticism from teams and drivers, from media, from just about everybody about the fact that you know, like it was. The start of the year, the fact that it wasn't the first Grand Prix of the year, the fact that there was a such a, a there was a gap between the previous Grand Prix and this one, because people were saying, well, they really didn't have enough time to go home. Some people, some people came straight here, and it was and that's okay for the drivers and you know people who could come here and have a bit of a holiday could you know sit on a Queensland island or something or uh, you know and, and and play tourist for for a week or so but the the teams had a lot of work to do and there was just wasn't enough time and i think it was i think it was actually sebastian vettel himself who said if it's not going to be the first grand prix of the year and we can see you know there are reasons why it perhaps shouldn't be at least let's have it sort of you know let's have those three or four right like in a row or at least pair it with something else, and uh, it could next year or the year after it could be with a revived Chinese Grand Prix because you know that was oh, obviously the way it ran in the. That's the God way it ran bless in the their past. cotton socks. I think what they just make at the start of the year, and what they all can do is they can come over for a week or two beforehand, and 
they all secretly love coming to Australia because they openly say it anyway, but they also like the Australian holiday that they can have a, a week or two beforehand because... I, I, think if you, I think if you put it to a vote, the, they'd be saying, I mean, pretty much everybody would be saying they would like it to be like Adelaide. They would like it to be the last Grand Prix of the year because oh. that was the ideal that was the ideal solution for for a lot of people because they'd come down here the weather was good they could stay for another week or two um you know they could they, there was plenty of time to get everything there was no rush to get everything madly back they could have a you know a week well, or so off so everyone except yeah. for Valtteri Valtteri still wants it to be the first one yeah because he was In over here past, for a good has, um, Valtteri was over here for a good stint at the start of the year for many months and, and weeks and people didn't even realize he was here yeah, that's because he's married to an Australian. <laughs> yeah, because he's going out with a, a, a South Australian triathlete. In the past, it has been paired at the start of the year with either Malaysia or China. So, yeah, and, and that and that makes sense. I mean, if they came here in the you know, if they could come here and then go straight from there and sort of work their way. But at the moment, the problem is they're just they're, because of the way it works, they're frittering, frittering all over the world. I mean, they started off, okay, the first two rounds made sense. They were close together. It even makes sense even to come to Australia. But now they're going to Italy for a round and then they're going to America and then they're going you know, back somewhere else. Then in the middle of June, they pop off to Canada for one week and then back to Europe again. They're sort of they're, they're not uh, they're not working in terms of logistics. Out. They're not uh, they're not thinking about it's, this. But look what we've gone through lately. I mean, just be grateful we've actually got a Grand Prix back this year. I think we just should be. I am just grateful, thankful, blessed, whatever you name it. We've got a Grand Prix here this year. It wasn't cancelled. We had no other reason to. So you know, if, if they can't make a little bit of sacrifice and just jump around and watch just for the year. Get it sorted out next year. Things will be back to normal. I reckon it should be just be grateful. People, are, you know, in this world, just are like so self entitled uh, these days, and um, I think they should be just to be happy that we actually had it this year. They, and that proves we had a record crowd. So, um, you know, yeah, it was it, it was good. So, but anyway, let's move on. We're running out of we're running out of time, and uh, we'll talk that. And yeah, coming up, very very big weekend coming up this weekend of of motorsport. Yeah, you know, over the Easter break here in here in Australia. I mean, you know, starting tomorrow, of course, Good Friday. If you're in Melbourne, of course, or even if you're outside of Melbourne, remember the uh, the Royal Children's Hospital Good Friday appeal. That sort of, you know, gets a bit lost nowadays in the with everything else that's happening. But, uh, of course, absolutely huge. So uh, if you haven't... Uh, if you haven't put your hand in your pocket yet, make sure you do that. But also, uh, obviously, at Bathurst, the Bathurst, uh, the Bathurst six-hour is coming up. And unfortunately, our guest, our recent guest on the program, Barry Rogers, was talking about the the Mustang that they were building up for for Marcus Ambrose and George Badecki. Well, it was today announced that that car will not be taking part in the race. They said that they've got a they've got a major a, an electrical problem and a systems problem somewhere that they just simply cannot find. And they've just said there's no point in in starting it. We we don't know. We know what it is. We know what it's good, but we can't find it. We can't fi- figure it out. We can't cure it in time. So they've withdrawn well, I had, that car. Well, had a spy at the track last weekend where it was, where they were testing it. It apparently spent most of the time in the in the in the pit in the paddock in the pits with a laptop hooked up to it, trying to work out what the gremlin was. Uh, they got it up and running at the end of it for about two laps, I heard, and it sounded magnificent. For about two laps, and then they got put away again. So they obviously weren't able to nut out to get it back to its finest form. So unfortunately, it, unlike the Bathurst Twelve Hour, which is going to be seen on free-to-air television, there'll be no free-to-air coverage, and it won't be even be on KO as well for everybody who subscribes to either KO or Foxtel in order to get their Formula One and their supercars. Um, it will be on Stan. Um, so if you uh, <clears throat> if you really, really, really want to see the but you can now. You can if you haven't subscribed to Stan in the past, or you know, or done the trial. There is a free trial available. I'm sort of keeping my free trial up my sleeve for um, for Le Mans because they're also covering, of course, the World Endurance Championship. So uh, two weeks. That will be uh, two weeks. Is it two week trial, so, Brett? Uh, well, I think it's one week actually. Only one week trial. So you'll have to you'll have to strategically place that right within the amount of uh, in the in the by the hour, wouldn't you, to get that done? So. Um, just quickly, um, MotoGP, I'll spend about 30 seconds a minute on that. It was on last weekend. Good uh, race by Jack Miller. Had a 
cracking um, qualifying with most. Actually, there was five Ducatis on the in the front two rows, so they're pretty dominant at the at the track. Uh, Jack got the whole shot off the start line. Great start. Uh, led the race for about a lap until um, Bastiani grabbed him um, and then was able to sit with him for a, a good good chunk of the race, probably about two-thirds, and unfortunately with a few laps to go, relinquished um, relinquished that second place and then dropped to third just and, and just got pipped for third a lap or two before the end as well, though, too. So well done, Thriller Miller. It's fantastic to see that you uh, stay on the back of the bike and got the best out of it for the weekend and got on the podium and got some points. Um, uh, Bag 9, it was uh, really disappointing. He struggled all weekend, and um, he and the team are still trying to put their finger on exactly why they couldn't get the bike set up the way he felt confident with it. Uh, Mark Marquez made a quick comeback. Um, didn't feature much in the footage. I was watching the race, uh, the replay uh, the day after. I wasn't able to do it. I've had a heavy weekend of heavy week of work due to not being on uh, in pit lane. Sorry, Brett. I apologise. Um, yeah, just been snowed in with work this week, but hopefully we'll get back to normal in two weeks' time, which I'm sure you'll explain in a second. So, yeah, well done, Jack. And um, uh, I think Remy's carrying an injury gardener in uh, in Moto Two at the moment. And he has uh, put out to the world that uh, it may take up to halfway through the season before he's 100% again, even if he is racing. So um, that's just a quick wrap-up of uh, MotoGP stuff. You're on it's mute, in, it, Yeah, it's interesting that um, Jack's come out today and pointed out that, you know, I mean, the... Uh, the, the the daggers are out, the knives are out for for Jack and his position in the in the factory team. But he said today that you know he would he would be happy to go back to uh, go back to the satellite team, go back to Premac, and uh, and race there if he could stay there. He doesn't uh, he feels he doesn't if you know need to be in the factory team. I mean, and they, that that they're a very fast team and uh, very successful team getting, as well. So the, the bike's 99 percent, a hundred uh, factory spec most of the time on the hammy. Down yeah. these days anyway. So, so he was very keen to do that. Uh, apart from Bathurst, this week now, as I said, with the Bathurst, uh, the Bathurst six-hour running for production cars, uh, very, it's a very big field. So, uh, if you can get the opportunity to watch, I'm sure it'll be a very entertaining race. But also up there, TCR is running as well, and unfortunately, the uh, the, the the global the global catastrophe that dare not speak its name has reared its ugly head. Both Shane Van Gisbergen and Fabian Coulthard are out. Uh, are out for the weekend in their respective cars and uh, and categories as a result of COVID. So they're not uh, they're not racing this weekend. Uh, I think it's uh, I think Tim Slade is replacing uh, Fabian Coulthard and uh, just gone out of my head right now as to uh, who's replacing uh, who's replacing Van Gisbergen. It's another one of the supercar drivers. Pete, do you know who's? Um, I can't remember. I yeah, no, it. I'm the same. I've had a, I've had a blank as well. Some, I'm sure somebody will, will know as well. So that'll be there. Yeah, so a big uh, a, a big field of TCR cars, a good field in the Trans Am uh, series as well. And that series is just growing and growing. And added to that, Shane Van Gisbergen is driving everything. <laughs> because apart from, you know, we know that he's driving supercars. He's also, he's done some rallying. Now he's also announced that he's going to or hopes to be getting a drive in Rally New Zealand, a round of the World Rally Championship this year, and he's hoping to drive in that as well. He's got a he's got a drive lined up for finally for the Le Mans 24-hour race, but he's also driving a Trans Am car as well. He had a bit of a look around and saw them and went, yeah, hey, these things look like fun. So uh, I really love that about Giz. I think that's fan- fantastic. He's an old-fashioned, you know, the, he's raced sprint cars and he's raced uh, all, all sorts of things. Speaking of sprint cars, this is the biggest weekend of the local sprint car season coming up. The annual Easter Trail is on tomorrow night. If you're in Melbourne and you can get down there, um, I'm sure it'll be an absolute packed house. Avalon Raceway, the traditional uh, Good Friday uh, opening to that Easter Sprint Trail. Uh, always wanted to sort of yeah, like just follow that trail for you know just for and and document that and sort of do a doco on that. But you've sort of never had the time or the money to do it. But uh, it would be a lot of fun, I think, because a lot of people do that. But uh, yes, yeah, so they will be they will be running. 
They'll be Ben's running to, as I said, well, the, the Easter line, they'll be running at Mount Gambier on uh, Saturday night. That's a great, uh, that's a great, and then they'll be at, at, at back at Warrnambool on uh, on Sunday as well, which is another great track. So that's the that's the traditional East, Easter Sprint Car Trail. And, and Ben's uh, on too, which is another option for them as well too. They run this weekend as well, so... So that's yeah, so some some local some local speed some local speedway happening as well. But uh, speaking of uh, sprint cars, in a couple of weeks' time on Inpit Lane, we're gonna we've got a fascinating sprint car yarn which uh, we're gonna tell you about. Somebody got in touch with me just recently and said, "Hey, you might be interested in this story." And it, uh, yeah, I've got to get in touch and sort of sort it all out. But uh, a bit of a sort of you know, a, a bit of an adventure involving sprint cars and uh, sort of you know local sprint cars and uh, racing in America and all sorts of things. So that's uh, just that's a, coming an up update on for our podcast listeners. The Shane Van Gisbergen obviously scenario <laughs> is the Bathurst Six Hour. He was running with uh, Rob Rubies and uh, Shane Smolan uh, for this weekend. Unfortunately, they've uh, but they've found a, a, a welcome shore Andretti United re, re, uh, great replacement. Oh, that's right, yes. It's, yes, it's yes. Uh, the, chocolate, the Chocolate Labs um, co-driver, so the Chocolate Labs uh, owner, uh, a guy called, no, to the steer a bit, a guy called Nick Perkak uh, running instead, so he'll be yeah. um, more, than, uh, more than decent in replacement. Okay, so yeah, so that was that. that that's that's great to uh, that's great great to see that uh, that is coming up this weekend as w- as well. And uh, yeah, so there's plenty. Uh, there's certainly plenty on. There'll be stuff on the uh, Inpit Lane YouTube channel as well. We had the uh, we had Goodwood last week. You had the opportunity to see Goodwood. Absolutely insane racing there. I don't know what it is about, but you know, when when you get a whole bunch of you know recently retired and even not retired you know stars from the British Touring Car Champ and ex-Formula 1 drivers, ex-Le Mans champions and all that, and you put them into historic touring cars, it's insane. So if you haven't seen it and you want to, if you want to have a, a really good uh, way to relax tomorrow, if there's nothing else on, go onto YouTube, flick onto, the, uh, flick onto last week's uh, live stream from the, uh, from the Goodwood members meeting. Uh, some great racing, some fabulous racing on two wheels and, and four. So uh, that was uh, great, including they had a, that night they had a Group C, a, a race into the twilight. Well, it wasn't a race, it was a run, basically, but they had a whole bunch of sort of classic Group C Le Mans cars racing, you know, sort of running into the twilight and uh, with the lights on and all that. It was fabulous, fabulous stuff. That's a, that's a fabulous meeting. Just before we go off that subject for quick sprint racing and a bit of fun, it may not have the, as high a profile as Goodwood, but it is local and it is in Victoria and we do... We, we covered it this year, and we can't wait to get back down there this afternoon. It was announced that uh, Geelong Revival will be on for a second time this year. We're, they were hoping that we would be able to get back down there for the event, uh, which is traditionally in late November. They had it earlier this year, which we covered. Have a look on YouTube on Inpit Lane for that. Uh, Brett and I got down there and had lots of fun that day. Um, we, we did a uh, Nick McBride and, and dropped into the local servo and got our iced coffee on, in the, on the morning as we went through. Not in the Porsche that uh, Nick did, but uh, hopefully he might be able to join us down there later on in the year. And um, you never know, Brett. We might actually try and get the, a, a Ducati that's hanging around the the at the back of this um, in the paddock out here one, and take it down there. And might even be able to do an in-pit lane special on a on a motorbike down there as well too. You never know. We'll have, we'll have to see. Unfortunately, once again, it's going to go back and clash with Island Magic again, which it always does. And as I said, that's the reason we haven't covered it for the past few years mm. because we've always been down at down at Island that. Magic. But uh, so unfortunately, that's going to happen. But yes, it was a very successful meeting, and it's, it's great to know that uh, that that's going to be back as well. Also, more two wheel news from Paul. The Australian Superbikes has had to cancel the uh, the Simmons Plains round and Tailham the Tailham Bend round will need to move due to. The Adelaide 500, so that'll <laughs> that'll annoy Sam even more. Um, oh. Next round is at Wakefield Park in the, in a couple of weekends' time. So the uh, the the the, uh, the Australian Superbike Championship is is very very well supported, very professional. It's you know world standard stuff. So uh, and luck. the world Superbikes are back as well. They they, they raced mm. uh, last weekend as well, I believe. And stay tuned. Keep an eye on this. We'll see what happens. It was an article came out last week as well too. And obviously there's a controversy with Sandown and obviously Podium 1. We're going to have a, a complex out here in Pakenham and McGregor Road. There's 
everyone's trying to say, why don't we revive uh, um, Calder Park? Well, there's talking about another actually spending a few million dollars on building another, whether it ever happens or not. Probably Brett's hoping it's in, one of these gets built in his lifetime. Uh, out in the western suburbs, a, a multi-million dollar a, a, a complex to support similar motor racing. So I don't know whether there's going to be any truth to that or whatever it will happen. But I have been uh, in, in the 26 years of Inpit Lane and even before, I have been to so many sort of, you know, off-the-record briefings and so many meetings with councils and politics, politicians and all sorts of people regarding... Uh, Tracks at Melton, Bacchus Marsh, uh, Avalon, Geelong, and out in Carrio, uh, right throughout that area, up uh, up up north a bit, uh, out towards up up the Hume Highway of you know, in, in that area. I've heard all sorts of places over the, and none of them have come to pass. Speaking of um, speaking of Calder Calder Park. Unfortunately, probably bad news in a, in a way. Um, on the uh, the Parked Up podcast, Mark Fogarty uh, caught up with Rodney Jane, and Rodney is very, very hard to catch up with. Let me tell you, um, and get anything. But well, right, he did uh, race the first time on the weekend. He got well. He, he did, and, that, and that's the reason. It. Yeah, and that's the only reason that uh, that's the only reason Fogs was able to catch up with him. He managed to sort of you know to to, to bottle him up and say um, corner Corral him and say him. okay, um, what is what the hell's going on with Cole? Park. Essentially, I mean, reading between the lines, um, he's base. It's it, it does come down to money. He has basically said that no, Calder Park is not for sale. Adelaide International Raceway is not for sale. He has every intention of the two venues being improved and opening up to racing again. As he said, he said he would love to have motorsport there. He said, but motorsport have got to find some dollars. So. Basically, he's he's not going unless he gets the money, and it's basically what I've heard in terms of the drag racing and all the rest of it. Rodney is saying that the place is there, but I'm not spending the money on it. If you want to race you there, to, you spend the money. You have to invest in me. Mm, uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, the only just you did did say the operative word before track tracks in the last twenty six plus years. Well, the only one I've seen that developed is the. Uh, at least we'll get a, a rail link between uh, Southern Cross Station and, and uh, Tullamarine Airport eventually. There's some tracks that have actually gone. <laughs> yeah. Eventually. Yeah. We've, we've, it, is, I, it, is, it is being built. That will be I, built, fortunately. I, I, think, I, think Chris, I think Chris and I are both sort of sitting here now and going, mm, in yeah. our lifetime? <laughs> like a rail no, like no, a no, Doncaster. That yeah, is, the railway to Roval. <laughs> yes. they, they are getting the tracks built. It is actually coming. That one is actually commissioned and is going to happen. They're acquiring land already. But at least you'll be able to get a, um, go to the Macau Grand Prix. You'll be able to get I, out I, of uh, get to, 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 I, to I do, 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 do us a favour. If it ever does open, um, you know, do, just just carry my ashes, you know, for a ride, <laughs> just so just so I can say I've been on it, you know. Your ashes, if I have a, if I have a little a little urn of it, will be a pride of place in my if I have a, that, I'll be keeping your ashes, <laughs> and I will take them anywhere in the world you want them to be spread for you. There you go. <laughs> well, the the the. There you go. I think yeah. I think in the. I think somewhere in Club X Cinema or somewhere is probably appropriate. So. I'll I'll put them in. I'll, I'll spike someone's drink with them then. <laughs> yeah, that'd be probably more appropriate. Yeah, yeah, probably sort of yeah. Toss 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 them down in amongst the sawdust at the, San, yeah, at the uh, Stanford I'll, Hotel. And, and I'll um and I'll put the Club X or Stanford whatever it is, and I'll and I'll and I'll rattle the line off or something like that. You want some more alcohol with that? Yeah, yeah. I wonder how I should go with Bacardi. Anyway, speaking of which, yeah, now this program has been brought to you by Bacardi. By Bacardi. <laughs> um, there you go. So oh, there you the go. Boom, right. there you go. That's it. Uh, uh, anyway, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, let's wrap it up, everybody. We've uh, yeah. we've uh, we've overstayed our welcome. And as I say, you know, how are we going to miss you if you won't go away? Now, speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of going away, this week there'll be no the studio. No, no. This week we've got. Uh, 
Coming up, our, our guest was uh, Chris Harwood from the Victorian Hill Climb Championship, April 20, 24th, the uh, the day the Sunday before the uh, for Anzac Day, of course, at Bryant Park. There's the next round of the Victorian Hill Climb Championship. Apparently, very big, uh, very big turnout of cars there. Uh, great fun hill climb. We talk all about hill climb, and and we have a special guest. If you saw us recording the program live on Facebook, you'll see the uh, you'll see what was you know Doc wasn't there, but we had. We did have a stand-in and, uh, and a very. Uh, say, did, did you rub the urn and a, and a, a trophy? Uh, I turned into a trophy. Did you turned into a, a turned into a trophy? <laughs> yes, yeah, so it was into a trophy. So fabulous! Uh, so so fabulous! So thanks to uh, his name Chris. Turned into a motel. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, yes. Yes. What's that? Richard. Yeah, yeah, old, very uh, old a very old joke. A very old joke. <laughs> we won't we won't repeat it. Okay, everybody. Thanks for joining us. As I said, coming up there now, and the week after, we will have. Um, normally, we have it Easter Tuesday, but because of the whole thing with thirty one, um, the week after April the twenty sixth, the day after after Anzac Day, will be our annual Phillip Island Historic Special. We've got lots of interviews. Doc and I were down there. For the weekend, we got uh, we got all sorts of interviews. We, we've got uh, some stuff with the, about the book with Murray Carter's life. We've got a great interview yeah, there. We've got um, we, we talk about the Ferrari F1. We've got a whole bunch of whole bunch of interviews, a whole bunch of action, and basically, a, apart from. The 180 hours of editing I've got to put in over the next couple of days, um, that's all we've got time for this week on the program. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much to everybody for, for tuning in. Remember, if you want to listen to the program, we are on Apple Podcasts and Google and Spotify and all those sorts of things. Otherwise, please join us back here next week live on Thursday night at around 9 o'clock and also uh, be, be, tuned in, uh, be tuned in and keep watching Inpit Lane on the Inpit Lane YouTube channel. So thanks for joining. We'll see you later. Like and subscribe, as they say, and we'll see you next week. Until then, from all of us, goodbye. Have a great Easter.